Hello everyone, Simon Wong here, podcast editor at The Ithacan. A brief disclaimer before we start today's episode of Remixing. This episode was recorded in November of 2021 during the fall semester. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, it is your host, Eva Salzman. This is episode three of Remixing season two. And today I am sitting down with Luke Keller, who I've actually had as a professor for both Physics of Sound and Stars, Galaxies, and the Universe, which is a really cool astronomy class that I took. Um, And today we're going to dive into his playlist, Mysteries and High Places. So, Luke, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm a professor in the Department of Physics and Astronomy, and I'm teaching both of those classes again this semester, Stars, Galaxies, and the Universe, and Physics of Sound. I'm also teaching a Ithaca seminar on the nature of science. Very cool. Um, so do you want to talk about kind of like your connection to music? I remember in Physics of Sound, we opened every class, like listening to some music. Yeah, I, um, so I'm a music lover. I have uh, musicians in my family. I don't consider myself much, much of a musician, but I really like all, t- I've never met a, mu- a type of music I didn't enjoy or want to hear more of. Uh, and the music in, at the beginning of classes actually started when we were teaching um, online, and it was so it was seemed kind of awkward to just be sitting before class started and have nothing going on on Zoom. And so I thought it would be fun to to have some sound at least have a soundtrack. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have to say I really enjoyed your playlist. Um, does it have a general theme overall? So. Um, Yes, it, it does. So it, it has a, a couple of themes. I am very much at home in high places, so mountains. I study space. That's kind of a high <laughs> place. I'm a pilot, so I like oh, being up cool. in the air. And I'm also really into the outdoors and, and remote places. And so all of these uh, songs have that as kind of a theme. But there are also some of them are, are about mystery, about conundrums. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's also something that I'm interested in, both kind of as a person but also as a scientist yeah definitely um are the songs in any particular order not really <laughs> i uh, they i like the order um, yeah. that, that was just kind of the, i was just thinking of things that i that i've been listening to lately or that i've discovered lately and 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 i just put them in that order and i, I don't think i did much rearranging at all but it yeah. just kind of came out of wherever yeah there were some like i listen on spotify with my crossfade all the way up so there were some like cool transitions and i was like was this intentional like (laughs) yeah i did uh, one thing was intentional to go kind of kind of um syncopated kind of more loud Mm -hmm. stuff down to some more ethereal um and then back to some stuff that's kind of got some juice in it yeah definitely definitely picked up on that um so we'll start with the first song, which is Michael Hedges' 1981 track, Because It's There. Um, and I'd actually never heard this song before I listened to your playlist, but um, it's all instrumental. And um, on the first listen, I kind of picked up like some jazzy notes, especially um, with the bass line. Um, but what's really cool about this piece is it's actually played on a harp guitar. Um, and I'm, I'm taking like a, a music history class right now, and we learned all about like the history of stringed instruments and the lute and stuff. So that was interesting to like, I guess, see that applied in more of like a, I guess in in a real life situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But what made you pick this song for, especially for the opener of your playlist? So um, it sort of embodies everything I, I, I was thinking about with this, with the theme of this playlist. Michael Hedges is one of my favorite musicians, and he very unfortunately um, was killed very young. 
Um, I was absolutely blown away in college when I heard him play the harp guitar and I've heard him live. And he, he describes it as a guitar with the bass on board. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was amazed, um, I'm still amazed, they're still made. There are people, you, know, I mean, you mm -hmm. could buy one. And uh, yeah, it's just an amazing instrument. It's just him and the harp guitar. And the, the theme also, uh, that, that it's, a, it's a, a tribute to an outdoors person who um, was famously in the 70s, um, was famous for doing big outdoor sort of um, explorations alone. So he went to the North Pole by himself. Mm -hmm. He climbed Denali, which is the highest mountain in North America, and, and, and was um, lost there. He just didn't come down. They found his, um, his Japanese flag at the top of the mountain and wow. never, never heard from him. And so this is a, this is a tribute to Naomi Omura, yeah. that, that explorer. Yeah, I, when I was, I guess, just like researching the song, I saw that it was used in a soundtrack of like a documentary about. Yes, a documentary yeah. about Omura and, yeah. his, and his, um, his trips. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, so from there, we get into the second track, which is Russia's 1981 track, Red Barchetta, off of its album, Moving Pictures. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Rush, it's a Canadian rock band that was formed in 1968 in Toronto. Um, Rush has a pretty long discography and had a few lineup changes throughout its career, but um, its styles actually changed quite a few times. Obviously, it's normal for more like long-standing bands and artists to change up their style throughout their career, but Rush has always been known for its musicianship, complex compositions, eclectic lyrics, um, and they kind of draw from themes in science fiction and philosophy, which I think is cool. Um, I took Rock Styles, um, a class, I think last fall, and we learned about Rush during our Prague unit, so... Um, it was cool to kind of bring this back to it, but um, Russia's style has moved all the way from like more blues-inspired rock into Prague, and then into an era of kind of like synth experimentation before returning to more guitar-driven rock around the end of the late or around the end of the 1980s. Um, so this is definitely a change of pace compared to the last song, which you kind of mentioned was the general like theme. Um, of your playlist, but um, this track is a lot more energetic, obviously, compared to the last one. So what made you choose this one? Um, and, and you mentioned that you kind of intentionally um, use this one to follow because it's there. Yeah, uh, I love Rush. <coughs> um, I, I sort of, I, I was in high school when they were in the Prague um, era, and, and that's, I, that's like the playlist of my, um, of those formative years. Um, this song is about it's actually based on a science fiction um, story about a time in the future. They thought it would be in the in the 2000s, <laughs> <laughs> um, where it's illegal to have a car that's not safe, that's not like mm. a big SUV that you could crash and you'd still be okay. Mm -hmm. And so he sneaks out to his uncle's farm and and drives his old sports car, the red Barchetta, <laughs> and and just drives it really fast all over the countryside. Um, um, just just for the thrill, for the thrill of, yeah. of going fast, and, and I love that. Um, yeah. I, I just love the song. It's just it's just amazing in so many ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I noticed throughout the playlist, there's there's quite a bit of like hard rock and and prog stuff. Um, and you kind of mentioned that um, those genre just those genres were um, pretty prevalent during your teenage years. Um, 
Would you say that's that's definitely a, like a reoccurring theme in this playlist? Is is that genre of music? Uh, it, it is kind of. So so Rush was. Um, I mean, when they were popular in that era, um, they were along with like Def Leppard, the mm-hmm. Scorpions, um, that kind of. I mean, we called it heavy metal, but it wasn't like metal now, right. which I really love the contemporary. Um, uh, later on, we'll hear from Pink Floyd, which is my all-time favorite, and and I love their um, sort of older, more kind of psychedelic stuff. Mm-hmm. So different style, but yeah, I definitely like the. I mean, Neil Peart is just the most ama- was m- the most amazing drummer, and that's that's really what what inspires me with a lot of Rush, the Rush's music. Yeah. Um, speaking of more early metal, I guess. Um, the next track I was excited to see on here um, is Led Zeppelin's 1975 Cashmere off of the album Physical Graffiti. Um, so it's kind of getting to the background info of Led Zeppelin. It's an English rock band that was formed in 1968. Um, its music is very guitar driven and the band has been credited with significantly impacting the nature of the music industry at the time, especially in developing more album oriented rock and stadium rock. Um, The band has obviously received a ton of recognition throughout its career um, with insane like total record sales um, estimated to be between 200 and 300 million units worldwide. Um, It also achieved eight consecutive UK number one albums and six number one albums on the US Billboard 200. Um, and it was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. Um, and actually, the museum's biography of the band states that um, it was as influential during the 1970s as the Beatles were during the 60s, which I guess is a pretty, a pretty strong claim. But <laughs> um, rightfully so, a lot of people actually consider Led Zeppelin to be a metal band. I was going to say, um, like, I kind of disagree because um, it's more early metal and they're kind of considered like the grandfathers of, of metal. Um, when I listen to Led Zeppelin, I don't hear as much metal as I do, like hard rock, and, and I do pick up like the blues influence. Um, this song in particular is one of my favorites because it's, it's really just like an epic. Um, and while it isn't like lyrically telling a story, you're really taken on like a musical journey. Um, so yeah, why, why were you drawn to this song? Why did you put it on the playlist? So <coughs> this song is, is another sort of anthem from my younger years. Um, and it, uh, interesting, I, I, I wasn't really into Led Zeppelin then. <coughs> I, I, I he- heard them on the radio and liked them, but I was, I was much more into some of the other bands that were being played. And I got really back into Led Zeppelin quite a bit more recently, just in the last 20 years. Um, and it was when a friend was getting rid of a lot of CDs. He was going over to MP3s, mm. and he just gave me all his Led Zeppelin CDs, and I, I just started listening to them. Um, but then I started. I have. I'm. I'm not a lyrics person usually. I'm mm-hmm. really into the music, and I never had listened to the words. And it's. It, and I looked into this, and it's actually. It was actually inspired by driving through the Moroccan desert. Oh wow. And so it's definitely in my theme of sort of remote places. Yeah. And I'm, very, I'm also very inspired by the desert, especially the high desert, high altitude desert. And so it was cool to me that that, that was the inspiration for this song that I really love. Yeah, definitely. Um, just this. The next song kind of gets into, um, I guess, some, some different languages on the playlist, which I thought was really cool. Um, to incorporate like different cultures, especially this next song, um, 
I'm going to go into the history and like um, kind of the impact of the band because um, they had quite an impact in South America, which is really cool. Um, so the next song is Bebida Magica from English to, or from Spanish to English means magic drink. Um, excuse my pronunciation. Um, it's by Los Haivas and it was released in 1977 off of the album Canción del Sur, which means Song of the Sun. Um, and this song's super interesting. This is another one that I hadn't heard before listening to the playlist um, to provide some more historical context. The band that made that track, Los Haivas, is a Chilean music group that primarily focuses on folk, rock, psychedelic, and prog music, and it's kind of made a name for itself by mixing rock with South American ancestral music. Um, its music also has some other really cool stylistic blends of Andean flutes and Afro-Caribbean rhythms. Um, it was formed in 1963 in Viña del Mar and is considered to be one of the most important and influential groups of all time in Latin America. Um, and then to go into like some cultural history like at, of um, the time that the band kind of formed, the band's music was pretty daring given the political climate at the time. There was like a very stark ideological divide between what was associated with rock music and what was associated with folk music, which is what makes Los Haivas blend of those styles so impactful. Um, at the time, rock music kind of symbolized imperialism, while folk was kind of the music of the people. So by the late 1960s, the group was deeply involved in the youth hippie scene, transpiring across central Chile, and the band would have open-ended jam performances, kind of like... Um, the iconic jam sessions like the Grateful Dead um, and it was also discovering the unique tonal qualities and percussion of Afro and Indo-American instruments while also borrowing sounds from the folk Peña which kind of means like coffee house scene um, and what's really cool is that folk music was seen as like the only political music at the time and rock by contrast was seen as kind of like the music of anti-politics um, so groups like Los Haivas crossed into crossed over those worlds um, and really helped redirect the trajectory of Chile's rock movement. So I found that really interesting, like looking into the history of, of all that stuff. Um, but why this song here and how did you get into this music? Uh, I got into this music by, by I've spent quite a lot of time in Chile um, at observatories that are there, some astronomical oh, wow. observatories, and also spent time in the high Andes um, climbing mountains looking for places where we might have observatories in the future and mm -hmm. so I would s we would stay in these little uh, you know little villages and this was the music or, or the, the 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 folk music was what we heard like in the bar you know uh, yeah. in the evening and um, there was one time in particular where um, the weather was not good for us to go up in the mountains so we stayed down and listened to a band from Bolivia and I asked some of the people there, like, I want to take home some of this music. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And they, everybody said, love Haivas. Just absolutely those guys. Because um, they were so iconic and so uh, influential. And they, they, as you said, they mix the, the traditional um, instruments. The one that's amazing to me, um, the pan pipe, the, f the, the pipes are, are really um, a familiar sound of, of mm -hmm. South America, but the charanga, which is the stringed instrument that they play, oh, yeah. you hear them playing strumming super fast. You couldn't see the guy's hand when he played it. And it's kind of like a cross between a ukulele and a mandolin. Um, it's really a very interesting sound. 
and it just reminds me of those high mountains. Yeah. It's amazing. Definitely fits the theme. That's a very cool um, story to kind of, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure like how you got into this music. And so that's very interesting um, how you picked that up from your travels there. And the next song, I must say the transition, this is what I was talking about. The transition from Baby to Magica into this next song um, was very smooth, very good, which I thought was also cool because the next song is in French. So the fifth track on your playlist is Decollage, which from French to English means to unstick by Thievery Corporation featuring Lulu. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but she is the vocalist for the song and it was released in 2014 off of the album So Dodd. So in case you couldn't tell by my pronunciation. <laughs> um, the song is in French. Um, Lulu is the vocalist while Thievery Corporation is the music behind the vocals. Um, Thievery Corporation was formed in 1995 and it's an electronic music duo consisting of Rob Garza and Eric Hilton. Um, its music styles primarily mix elements of reggae, Middle Eastern music, hip-hop, electronica, and Brazilian music. Um, and it has a pretty lengthy discography with blending all these genres, which I thought was really cool because you wouldn't, you kind of might not expect Middle Eastern music and hip hop or electronica to like go together. Um, so I thought that was that was really interesting looking into that. Um, but yeah, tell me about this song. How did you come across it? Um, why did you want it on your playlist? I'd say it's definitely a sound switch up compared to some of the other songs like earlier on the playlist, and it's um. It's a bit more recent than some other songs, being mm -hmm. from 2014. Yeah, I heard this song. I was <coughs> in Chile again, and I had just been to the observatory, and I was actually in Santiago, the biggest city there, mm -hmm. staying in a hotel, and I was just sitting at th in, the, in the lobby um, working before I was going to meet some colleagues, and this was playing. <laughs> and I took my phone out and used Shazam to yeah. figure out what it was, and, and it was just, uh, and they, were, they had a playlist of, of just a lot of Thievery Corporation, uh, and I was just really struck by uh, by the mixture. I, I, I like Middle Eastern music. Mm -hmm. I like the harmonic minor um, influence there and, yeah. and the, the, again the percussion. I'm kind of into percussion. And this, I, I, at first I thought it was Spanish. Like it sounded um, kind of Caribbean a little mm -hmm. bit and, and I was just really intrigued. And, and um, so yeah, it just, um, once again, it reminds me of those those trips to explore in the in the high places, but also just it, it kind of feels like flying. And I, I looked up the lyrics, and it's it, it's kind of about a bunch of people who smoked a little too much, and then just were thinking about like traveling in mm -hmm. space, traveling to the moon, travel. You know, just sort of it's a lullaby almost. Yeah, yeah. So, are have you ever played an instrument? Um, so I was trained very young in school as a percussionist, and oh, so gotcha. I have played, but I haven't been in a band, and I really haven't. I've kind of sat in with jams from here and here and there. And I, I pick up a guitar every now and then, but not, not enough to be. Yeah, I was wondering because you because you brought up like the Middle Eastern like music with the harmonic minor and stuff, and um, I am a music minor as of as of right now. Um, and um, I've I've learned a, I've taken a lot of like music theory coursework, um, and I definitely didn't learn about music theory like in my like high school. Uh, band career um, so I was just wondering like have you researched like music theory yeah. is that like a passion of yeah. yours I've just, I, I like to look into what makes um, music different types of music yeah. different and so um, and I was actually for a while um, uh, 
learning the dumbek, uh, a Middle Eastern oh, drum, hand drum, cool. and um, just kind of got into, was trying to learn the theory a little bit. Yeah, that's that's really cool. It, they have like a totally different tuning system, yeah. like compared to uh, more like Western European traditional um, music, um, which I think is really cool. Because actually, our tuning system in in the Western and European tradition is very limiting. Um, which I actually just learned about um, this semester in my music history class, and I kind of felt a little bit ripped off by that. But <laughs> um, yeah, that that's really cool that um, you're interested in that. Um, the next song on your playlist, I'll have you I'll have you say the the title. Uh, that's Sternestov. It's uh, Aurora's song. Yes. So um, this is actually a single that was released in 2020. Again, a, a more recent song, um, and this song's actually a Norwegian song, and the artist Aurora is a Norwegian singer-songwriter, and she has kind of a more eclectic style um, when I was researching her, because I hadn't heard of her before. Um, but from what I've observed, um, her musical style kind of blends genres like art pop, Nordic folk, synth pop, electro pop, and folk pop, um, and she has stated that some of her biggest musical influences are actually Bob Dylan, Underworld, Bjork, and Kate Bush. Um, Kate Bush, love her. <laughs> um, so yeah, tell me about your connection to this song. How'd you find this one? Um, and why did you put it after a Spanish and then a French song? I um, discovered Aurora late. <laughs> so she was, she's still very active, but she's, she got sort of rose to popularity I think in the mid-teens 20-teens mm. and I just I was I don't know noodling around on on YouTube and found um, a concert and I was just amazed by her um, her musical style her voice is very pure and I love the the Nordic um, voice and sort of sort of the accent mm -hmm. um, is there her English is is spotless but but it, it, it um, and her band is consists of a, a, a really accomplished drummer, um, uh, keyboard, some guitar, and then another singer who has a very similar voice, and they do some amazing harmony. Um, and so, and I like the 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 mixture of electronic and folk um, that she accomplished. This song is about stars, <laughs> and <laughs> and that's that's why it made the list. Um, I, I I really like it. I uh, I understand that in Norway in Norway it has become kind of a um, Christmas theme. I mean, it's something oh, that they cool. that, that it's kind of like a Christmas song because it's about a but it's about following a star to meet somebody that you hmm. really care about. Yeah, that's really cool. I I came across the English translation um, of the song, but in my experience of looking at the English translations, they're always like kind of off. But um, yeah, so I I didn't look too much into the translation because I wasn't sure. I really had nothing to go off of there. But that's really cool and and very interesting that it became like a Christmas theme, kind of. Yeah, her, her video of this, or one of the videos of this song shows with a Christmas tree in the background. Aww. Some people, some of your listeners may be aware, uh, may have heard her because she was in the soundtrack for th um, the second um, Frozen movie. Oh, really? She, she's the, the oracle, this, the ethereal oracle that sings in the background. Okay, I actually know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about because me and my sister used to watch Frozen a lot. We love that movie. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. I, I guess I have. Yeah, heard Frozen her Two. <laughs> Frozen Two. 
Wow. Um, that's really cool. I, a very relevant connection, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I was super excited to see the seventh track on your playlist, which is Pink Floyd's 1972, The Gold, It's in the... off of the album obscured by clouds um i would say i'm a pretty big fan of pink floyd i did listen to them a lot more in high school than i do now um but the other day i was i was driving back from my hometown which is about an hour and a half away and it was like sunny it was like mid-afternoon and i was listening to wish you were here like the album and um I was getting like hypnotized. I needed mm-hmm. to turn it off because I was like, I was getting like zoned out. I was just like getting very into it, um, <laughs> which I guess is, is dangerous when driving. But <laughs> um, Pink Floyd was an English rock band formed in 1964, and it gained an early following as one of the first British psychedelic groups. Um, it was also distinguished for its extended compositions, sonic experimentation, philosophical lyrics, and elaborate live shows. Um, so Pink Floyd became a leading band in the rock genre um yeah tell me about this song what's the connection why here after a couple of songs in different languages and you kind of brought it back to a sound that's more similar to the early stuff on the playlist yeah it was, um obscured my clouds is my favorite pink floyd album i like their earlier psychedelic phase i like all of their music they're my all-time favorite band uh this song the gold is in the hills uh actually it's a very sort of odd connection i was thinking of gold and real and i and 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 the fact that um the reason that there's gold and heavy elements on this planet is because they were formed in stars yeah that exploded and then our sun formed out of that cloud and that's something that i study in my research and so uh, that just kind of popped into my head Um, i was i was i went through the whole album because i have so many favorites i wish you were here was close to getting on this this list Mm. um and actually the division bell which is a much more recent album i was i'm really into it at at the moment and that but this one i always go back to obscured by clouds which the sky often is when i'm trying to observe (laughs) the sky star so there's another another connection yeah that's that's very cool i like how every song has i was because some people in in the last season when i would listen to the episodes um with arlie hosting not everyone had like a, a super direct theme, but I really like that that this one does, and every single song really connects back to it and and tells that story, um, which is really awesome. Um, so the closing song on your playlist is Peter Gabriel's 1992 song "Blood of Eden" off of his album Us, and I would say that this definitely sounds like a closing song. Like um, it kind of felt like it like tied everything together, like it would play at like credits at the end of a movie. Um, so I, li- I liked that um, positioning. But Peter Gabriel is an English musician, singer, songwriter, and producer. He rose to fame as the original lead singer of the band Genesis. After leaving Genesis in 1975, he launched a solo career with Salisbury Hill as his first single. Um, and in his 1986 album, So, is his best-selling release and is certified triple platinum in the UK and five times platinum in the U.S. Um, so the album's most successful single is Sledgehammer, which won a record nine MTV awards at the 1987 MTV Video Music Awards. Um, so yeah, tell me about the song. Why I feel like the closing song on a playlist is like pretty important because you gotta really solidify your message, punch it out, you know? Um, so yeah, why this one? So uh, P- 
Peter Gabriel is another one that I, I really started listening to Peter Gabriel in college. So this would have been the late 1980s uh, when, when that album came out. And he was, from my experience, he was the first uh, musician and artist that I encountered who really collaborated internationally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this song has Peter Gabriel singing, but it also has Sinead O'Connor, an Irish singer who was very popular at the time, and Yusa Uundur, who was an African singer, very popular in African pop at the time. And he's bringing all of this together. And it just, it seemed like it kind of brought the, the list together. To, yeah. um, and I, I, I actually, because I don't listen to lyrics <laughs> as much, <laughs> um, hadn't really appreciated the, the lyrics. And so when I was looking up, I was kind of just curious. There's a lot of different interpretations of the song, like vastly different interpretations. Yeah. And so I, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's a beautiful song, and it does really kind of wrap things up with that collaboration, that international collaboration. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any honorable, that is the end of your playlist, but did you have any honorable mentions that like almost made the playlist or, or would have fit the theme, but you know, or maybe wouldn't have fit the theme, but you still really like, other than what you've already kind of mentioned with Pink Floyd? Um, there were several songs by the same artist. So um, there's a song by Michael Hedges playing a regular six string guitar called Aerial Boundaries, which is <laughs> kind of about flying. Uh, Kate Bush almost made it. Um, Aurora mentions Kate Bush as one of her uh, inspirations, and, mm-hmm. and Kate Bush is one of my favorite artists. Um, Hugo Largo is a, a band. I couldn't find them on Spotify. Huh. Um, um, that they they <coughs> have very interesting kind of singing in a made up language. Oh, um, that's interesting. Style, <laughs> which which um, was was interesting to me. Um, several Pink Floyd albums, as I mentioned. Um, almost made the list. Yeah, gotcha. Um, do you have any other favorite artists that, I don't know, maybe maybe didn't fit the theme or that you hadn't brought up already? So um, The Sundays is a band that I, um, actually I almost, th- their version of Wild Horses um, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on my, my Physics of Sound playlist for the class. Um, I like They Might Be Giants. Oh, yeah. They, I think and they just came out with a new album, yeah. too. I think some of the... I, I, at first, I thought I might actually include some classical music. I'm really, I really like choral choral music. Oh, gotcha. Um, even some of the really medieval um, choral music. I, again, because it has some of the melodies and, and, and harmonies that are not... There, there's Middle Eastern influence mm-hmm. when, when there was no such thing as European music because it was... Or, or when mu- European music was much more sort of international. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it kind of is now, but but it was in a different way at least. And so um, I thought I might include some Thomas Tallis or something something like that, hmm. some choral music. Yeah, I'm actually doing some research for my for my music history class on medieval and like I think I'm also covering like Renaissance choral music too, um, just to kind of talk about the evolution of of the harmonies in uh, choral music um, and like the polyphonic texture, like the evolution of 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 that in, in classical choral music um, to kind of express more emotion as, as time goes on. So yeah, that, that's cool to hear um, that you're also interested in that. Since you've started listening to music with your Physics of Sound class, um, have you gotten any, any good recommendations from any of the students? I remember I think we, ha- we would put requests into the chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I um, get requests. What I love is some is many of the requests were bands that I never, or artists that I never heard of, <laughs> and so I'm not remembering what they are. The one I am remembering is Her. 
oh, um, which yeah. was a big request, and and I wasn't aware of, um, and really really enjoy um, some some students recently have have suggested like Stevie Ray Vaughan who I love, yeah. um, um, blues guitarist, and so just kind of taking me back to things that I had kind of forgotten about, yeah. which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what would you say your favorite, your favorite genres are? Obviously, prog comes up, maybe like psychedelic, just yeah, rock Yeah, I would general. say psychedelic rock, um, choral uh, music, classical and otherwise. Uh, I love some of the, the, the groups now who are doing uh, choral covers of rock songs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I really like, um, uh, well, South American music, Middle Eastern, uh, music, the traditional and also some of the, uh, the, the popular music now. Yeah, definitely. Um, her is actually, um, I believe you're talking, I think we're thinking of talking about the same one, but, um, an R&B artist, um. I've been listening to her for a while. She has some collaborations with other mm -hmm. artists that I really like. I would say R&B right now is probably my favorite genre. But that always that always changes. I can never officially have a favorite. Um, so, yeah. Um, this was Luke Keller's playlist, Mysteries and High Places. Um, thank you so much for talking to me about this. It was, it was really interesting to hear your stories about traveling and and what you kind of picked up sonically from from those trips thank you i really enjoyed exploring this music with you yeah